Hey gang, welcome back to Directed Life, the official show to help kingdom creative entrepreneurs find, fund, and fulfill their calling to flip culture upside down. Today, we're going to be talking about specifically crushing the inner critic. I'm excited to get into talking about that in a second with Lindsay Morgan Snyder. She is the author of Letting Love In, and she's also a podcast host. And so we're super excited to have her on the show today. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on Directed Life. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. You bet. Well, let's kick it off right away with your story. One thing that we want to do with these episodes is allow our guests to share their journey in following the Holy Spirit in their craft career and their calling. So why don't you take us from the beginning? How how did you first begin getting directed by the Holy Spirit in all three of those things? Yeah. Cap, I love that because that really is my story. Like it has been a Holy Spirit adventure the whole time. And I can testify like he's really smart. He's way smarter than we are. (laughs) So um, it was about 11 years. I was working, uh, you know, full time sales job. And uh, during my lunch break, I started writing a blog. And, you know, I had always written just for myself or for the Lord, um, but I started like writing a blog. I felt God tell me to like, you know, write something and like post it online. And this was back in like blog days. And so I did that. And to be honest with you, I didn't have a ton of followers. I didn't actually fund myself with that. Um, you know, I wasn't making any money doing that, but I, I knew it was God. And so I, I continued to do that for like year after year after year after year. And, and, you know, I got some good advice from a friend and she said, Lindsay, write for an audience of one, write for the Lord and let the Lord do with it what he wants. And I thought that was really wise. Mm. And so that's kind of how I thought about it. I just wrote for an audience of one, wrote for the Lord. And then I would, I would get these like emails from people that would be like, oh my gosh, I found your blog and this really helped me. Now that wasn't every week or every day, but it was once every like three months. So it kept me going. About seven years later, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to uh, turn your blog into a book. And I thought, how do I do that? And so I Googled it. You know, that's how we figure out everything, right? We Google it. So I Googled how to turn a blog into a book and came up with um, this little thing that said, you know, do this, this, this and this. So I followed it and that began my book writing journey. The problem I ran into was this thing I call the inner critic. I, I'm a good writer. I knew how to write. I knew how to turn my blog into a book, but I got stuck. And so when I got stuck, the Lord led me into, I needed money, right? I needed to fund my, (laughs) what you were saying, like fund your purpose or whatnot. And so the Lord was like, well, why don't you write for other people then? And so he led me to help this one girl write her book. Then he led me to literally write someone else's book, their entire book, to ghostwrite their book. And it took me four months. Now, remember, I'd been working on my own book for three years and couldn't finish it. But I wrote this other woman's book in four months. And the Lord was like, Lindsay, like you, you're scared. You're scared to finish your book. Like you obviously can finish a book, but you're scared to finish your own book. And so I said to him, well, Lord, like, what am I scared of? And he said, well, you're scared. Not everybody's going to like it or not everyone's going to like you. And I was like, you're right. That is what I'm scared of. (laughs) And so um, he said, I want you to do nothing else until you finish the book. Get off Instagram, which y'all, I'll love me some Instagram. But he's like, get off Instagram. 
um, you know, like stop doing everything with your free time except finishing this book. And so I did, as he said, and um, it was pretty miraculous. I didn't have any money. And he made a way for like someone to take a shot for my cover. He had this other person randomly do my logo. Like it was super miraculous how it all got finished and a lot of hard work, right? It wasn't just like it dropped from the sky. Some of the things dropped from the sky. Some of the things took hard work. And so I launched the book about four years ago. And then, um, but still, still like it wasn't like I had a lot of money. Like I've not had a lot of money this whole journey. And ever since I left like that sales job, which was seven years ago, I had just been kind of living on faith and hoping God would bring work and whatnot. And he did, but it was a little scary to be honest. <laughs> and so um, in that time, I finished the book and he downloaded this whole idea to me on how to launch it, which was successful. And it was really cool. And then um, a couple years later, two years ago, he said, I want you to start a podcast. And I'm like, I don't know how to start a podcast. Like, I don't know what you want me to talk about. And now we're like 75 episodes in, having a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, and then a year into the podcast, he said, I want you to create a business around your book. And I said, well, God, I, you know, to have a business, you have to solve a problem. I'm like, what problem do I solve with my business? He said, it's on the cover of your book. And the subtitle of my book is How God Renews Relationships by Crushing Your Inner Critic. And so that's where the inner critic came in. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, long story short, like the inner critic was my biggest issue. That was what kept holding me back from thing to thing to thing to thing. And so now I help other people like, crush their inner critic with like my courses and my book and all the stuff. So that's where I'm at. It's good. We have so many different routes that we need to go down, Lindsay. There's like, there's, I'm taking down notes as you're talking about this. And there's one part that I'd really like to unpack right away. Cause it just, it spoke to me so, so loudly. And I see this with my own work. I see this with a lot of other creatives that I work with. I literally just got a text message from a young guy. He's a filmmaker, Holy Spirit filled guy. Uh, he's in college, so he's really young in his career. But he had been hesitating to actually complete, um, you know, a little documentary series that he was working on. And and so when you said that it took you, it took you to do for somebody else four months, what it would take for you to do for yourself three years, right? Four months to finish this book. Gosh, I just feel like so many people can relate to that because when you're emotionally connected and dare I even say, if we're not in a healthy place, when our identity is connected to what we're creating, it keeps us from even creating the work that God wants us to create because we feel we, there's such a fear of failure. I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but I really would love for you to unpack all the things that you were feeling uh, or God was revealing to you that were hidden in your heart that was keeping you from doing for yourself uh, what God had in store for you, but that you were freely able to do for others. Can you unpack what was going on? Totally. Um, it's unworthiness, I think, for me. It was just like not feeling good enough. You know, it was like, like, who do you think you are like to write this book? Like you're going to lead people astray. Like, you're not, you didn't go to school for theology. Like, how could you write a book about God? You know, and I call that the mean voice, right? Which is the inner critic, but it's these thoughts in our head 
that sometimes people have named them, right? So we hear like imposter syndrome or we hear these different terms, but I'm like, keep it simple, girl. I'm like, it's just the inner critic. It's the mean voice that that is going to operate in your mind that's going to say things like, it might be different for you, Cap, than it is for me, or it might be different for your friend. But for me, it was like, who do you think you are? You're going to lead people astray, you know, like, like, I mean, it was so, it was mean. And the reason I call it a mean voice is because they are mean thoughts that you hear in your mind that you might think are just you, or you might think are just normal. But once you start dissecting those thoughts in your mind and placing them in their proper place, and the big key is asking God about those thoughts, it will clear the way to like move forward. That's what I experienced. That's so relatable. I've experienced that in my own life. I've experienced that with my own filmmaking journey. I've discovered, you know, there's this, there's this, not that I don't care about what I do for my clients and my customers, but there's this ability to just separate myself from the work and say, the work's got to get done by this date. Here we go, release it. And then what happens is the things that I would normally be really critical about, most people don't even notice, which is so funny because we really are super hard on ourselves. Um, but that becomes, I, at least for me, there's, there's, God's taken me on this really amazing journey of really, my thing was, um, was idolatry for sure. For you, I, I love that you said that it was unworthiness. For me, it was, I felt so... Like my identity was so tied up in the success of what I did mm -hmm. that if, if for whatever reason I put out a video and it got critiqued or it got some negative feedback, then that was, you know, that, that was a commentary on, on my value as a person. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I want this thing to be perfect before it goes to market. And the Lord had to show me like, Hey, you are way more than what you do. And if you don't ever put out anything, then you're not actually going to grow in your craft. Mm -hmm. And so what was, uh, how did the Lord reveal to you your worthiness in, in exercising and exploring the gifts that he's given you? I wish I could say it was like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But it wasn't, <laughs> it was just a long journey of like, you know, moment hmm. by moment, like asking God, like, why do I feel this way? Or this is what I'm feeling. Uh, to be honest with you, Cap, I would talk to God about how he's feeling. I would say, I'm feeling scared. And he was, and he would talk back to me, why honey? And then I would say, I don't know. And then he would help me literally because the Bible says he's our counselor, you know? And so I love that. We all have like a free therapist that lives inside of us, which I think is so cool. And so I would talk to him mm -hmm. about each feeling inside my head, each thought in my head, and he would help me undo them or overcome them. But it was this daily journey and it was, it was filled with joy. Honestly, it was fun. It wasn't like, I got to sit down with God and like do my thing. Like it was like talking to, and I say this in my book, but talking to love himself, like the Bible says that God is love. Doesn't say he created love. Doesn't say he's the best at love. It says God is love. So when you take the thoughts in your head, the fears, the whatever it is, because all that's fear, right? Fear of failure, fear of being criticized, fear of being unworthy. That's all fear. And so when you take, when you admit it's fear, which people don't like to do, 
because it's like, I don't know, for some reason we feel like we shouldn't have fear, but fear is a very normal emotion. But when we take our fear to God, to love, and we say, what do you think about this? He will tell us. And in scripture, it says, perfect love casts out fear. Well, nobody in the world can give us perfect love. It's impossible. Only God, because God is love. So when, when you take fear, whatever fear it is, fear I'm not worthy enough, fear I'm not good enough, fear people are going to criticize me, fear this, fear that, love will help you through that. And this just popped in my head and I think it's relevant, but, you know, God said to me, I said, not everyone, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to be criticized. I didn't say that exactly, but that was kind of one of my sentiments as well. And God says, well, you might be, but do it anyway. And I was like, okay. You know, mm. so it was really interesting. So it was one of those journeys. It was just kind of a day by day overcoming, overcoming, like, you know, just stepping out when things weren't perfect, when I when I didn't know how to do a podcast and the first one was really terrible, you know, and people go back and listen to it. And I'm like, just don't listen to the first one. <laughs> but I heard one of the biggest podcasters out there said, your first anything will be your worst anything. But if you don't do your first, you'll never get better. So you have to just do it. And if it sort of sucks, like, oh, well, <laughs> Give yourself grace and keep going. So that's part of my journey. I want to talk a little bit about your journey and how how God basically took a seed of work that you committed to with the blog post, turned it into a book, turned the book into a show. And now uh, you're, you know, I don't want to disclose what's going on in the future, but basically there could be some really cool stuff on the horizon for you in regards to the next step of the show. Right. And, and yet you didn't know that this was the journey that God was inviting you on when he invited you to write that blog post. And so I would love for you to talk about specifically, what was it like going on this journey or maybe let's rewind it. What was it like beginning this journey with the Lord in creating something that was, more so it seemed like from a place of obedience, a place of worship, there was no, there was no end game as far as monetization yet. Here you are on this journey where there could be a huge career door opening for you because you were faithful in that. Why don't you take us back to like the beginning of that journey and what God was teaching you through that, through that step of obedience? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I needed, um, I needed love. I was the girl that was looking for love in all the wrong places. And when I met God, I was like so blown away that like he was love, like he was actually what I was looking for. And so as I learned to communicate with God in this thing I call scripting, um, which I teach in my book and, and all my courses and stuff, like once I learned to communicate with him, I was like feeling so loved. I, I was getting what I needed. So in that, I was processing my emotions, my thoughts, all this stuff. And yes, it was a step of obedience when God's like, why don't you write a blog? And I thought, I was so scared. I was so scared, so scared, like about everything. I mean, I, you know, about everything, basically. And I was scared that like my friends back home would be like, who does she think she is? You know, I met the Lord when I was 31. So I had lived a lot of life before I met Jesus. And so, you know, I just thought people, cause I was going to write about God. And I thought people would think like, 
like Lindsay was a disaster because I was cap, you know, like Lindsay was a hot mess. Like, how is she now talking about God? Like, you know, so I had all the fears, all the fears, all the fears, you know, and it was a step of obedience. It was just like I had to just do it anyway. I had to just do it anyway. And so the first blog post that I I published, I was so scared. You guys, I was frightened. And honestly, some of the people that I thought would judge me were the people that were like, this is amazing, Lens. So fear is always lying to us. It's always lying. Whatever you fear is probably the opposite of what God's going to do. And so, yeah, that was the beginning. <laughs> so I love, I love that because it is funny how you know, the thing that we fear is like this boogeyman in the closet. And then we put it out there. And it's like, gosh, like what for me, I, I get super convicted because I'm like, man, how much am I withholding? Hmm. Once I do that, I'm like, it wasn't as bad as I thought. How much am I withholding from God? It's like even like evangelism, right? Hmm. What's this person going to think if I share the gospel with them? Are they going to think I'm a freak or whatever? And then you step out and do it and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Like, it's so easy to talk about my relationship with God. And it's very similar with this, this journey. It's vulnerability. I mean, putting yourself out there and creating this stuff, it's, uh, it takes, it takes a level of vulnerability. It takes a level of faith. And for you, God's been rewarding that faith. And he's been taking you on this journey of evolving that message and taking it to different, um, mediums and formats. So how long, um, how long has this, this journey been since you wrote that first blog post? Yeah, 11 years. I wrote the first blog post. I I think it was April 1st, 11 years ago. And and I'm happy to share a little bit more about the next step that looks like what God's doing, but I want to let you <laughs> lead that. Um, but yeah, it was 11 years ago. No, let's hear it. Share it, please. Well, I think that's the amazing part, right? Like I was someone who was in survival mode for a lot of my adult life um, in different ways, right? So when I had my you know, well-paying job. I wasn't in survival mode financially, but emotionally and mentally I was, you know, and then when I started to kind of get help with like, you know, or just letting God in right to love me, which is the name of my book, but you know, letting God in to help me through my emotional stuff, through my mental stuff, you know, then I was in survival mode kind of financially or career wise. So I never had a dream per se, you know, how people are like, what's your dream? I didn't have one. And I went to ministry school up at Bethel, uh, School of Supernatural Ministry, for two years. And when I was up there, I did this thing called the Dream Circle. And it was um, it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, Fab, his name's Fab. I don't know his last name, I forget. But he runs the, um, the Bethel Conservatory of the Arts up there. He's one of them that runs that. He has this whole thing he calls the Dream Circle. It's really cool. And, like, you step into this circle, the safe circle, and you say your dream. Well, I didn't know what I was going to say, to be honest with you. And um, and I won't go into all the details, but what I ended up saying surprised me, you know? And I was just like, wow, okay. And to fast forward, that was, I think, three-ish years ago. Fast forward, that exact dream that I said in the circle is now starting to kind of take shape. Like supernaturally got connected to this person um who's a producer here in LA and like literally out of nowhere asks me like have you ever thought about this I'm not gonna reveal what it is because I don't know that it's gonna happen I mean I want to leave it in God's hands but um but he like said to me have you ever thought about this and I thought oh 
And literally, I was like sitting on my chair and I was like, this is either a dream come true or a complete scam. Like I wasn't sure, you know, I was just like, this is either a dream come true or a complete scam. I'm not sure yet. That was nine months ago. Just like two weeks ago, we had this huge meeting about it. I mean, it's like, could very well potentially be happening. And it is the dream that I stepped into the dream circle to do. And to be honest with you, although I've been doing a podcast for two years, I want, I hope this encourages someone. Although I didn't make any money doing my blog, I made very little money writing my book. Um, I haven't made much money doing my podcast. What I could be getting ready to do could be my dream where I think also it will be financially helpful to me. (laughs) But like, I kept wondering, why am I doing this podcast? Like I would get mad at God. Like, why am I doing this? I'm not making any money. You know, like so kind of angry. God is not scared of our anger. Um, (laughs) I mean, as long as you're just processing with him. And I, you know, I was really wanting to know, like, why am I doing this? And, And now I look and I'm like, oh, that was all preparation for this thing that I didn't even know was my dream 11 years ago. I didn't even know it was my dream. And I would have never expected it to happen like this. So I just want to encourage people, like, just do what God says and and find joy in it. Like, do it with him. Don't do it for him. Do it with him. He loves his kids. He loves to do things with his kids. And watch what he does because he's crazy <laughs> in the best way. He's so good. He's a good father. And he's a God of the both and. I think some so many people have this mentality that, you can't like you either do it for the world and you do it to make money or you do it for ministry and you don't make any money with it. And I just don't see that that has to be the case at all. And, and what you're stepping into peripherally, let's pray that it actually comes to pass. This is going to be an opportunity for you to sustain your calling. That's really what it's about is you can monetize the gift that God's given you so that you can continue to serve people and minister to people. So I would love for you to talk about like believing in faith that yes, God's going to open that door and he's going to, he's going to allow this thing to be a sustainable project for you, but that's not why you're doing it. I want people to hear this really loud and clear too. Lindsay stepped into this out of an obedience issue, not out of a quick uh, get rich quick scheme. This wasn't, it's been 11 years, guys. This is not a get rich quick scheme at all. This is, this is a journey of obeying Jesus and Jesus is, is uh, sustaining and providing and rewarding Lindsay for her faith. Um, But I want to hear from you. Like if there's any stories that come to mind, I don't know. I don't know about you. I'm sure it is for you because you're what you do and what you're stepping into is so personal, letting love in, letting God in, being like having a revelation of how loved you are by the creator of the universe. That is a ministry and people need that more than ever. I would love to hear from you. Like what have been some stories that have come out from from beginning this project or you've seen lives literally change and you're like, maybe, I don't know. May, I don't know if you have a story like this, but maybe there was a moment when you felt like, is, is this even worth it? Should I keep doing this? Do I like blah, 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 the inner critic. Right. And then in a moment of, of despair, God pre- presented someone who was an encouragement to you. And you're like, that's the reason why I'm doing it. It's for that person. Is there any story that comes to mind about someone that you can imagine is like, that's, that's my audience I'm doing this for. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think that's what's kept me going this whole time because, and I agree with you, Cap, and I'm still learning that. 
I had to overcome the inner critic of I shouldn't make money if I'm talking about God. So some of my not making money through this was a little bit of my own limiting beliefs, to be honest with you. Um, and so I had to do a lot of inner work on overcoming that stuff because the inner critic was like, you can't make money, you know, doing Jesus stuff, you know, like, and so I felt so guilty about that. Um, and so God had to really work that through with me. But what kept me going was those stories that you're asking about. Like, that's what kept me going, even though I was not making any money and it was so frustrating. Um, but those stories. So I, I was like, Holy Spirit, like asking him as you were talking, like, is there a story you want me to share? And like one specific hasn't come to me, but there's been it's like rained the whole time. Right. So there's just been like little droplets of people mm. saying these things to me over and over and over again. And, you know, it's like my message has had to evolve. So it was like the letting love in, the overcoming the inner critic, God showing me it's about self-hatred. Like it's 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 developed over these years. And so I've had like different messages along the way. But, you know, when I wrote my book again, like I did it literally, I paid zero dollars to publish this puppy. And um, and I didn't have like a legitimate publisher. It was just, you know, I did it myself. And um, but, you know. I got so many messages about my book, like from random people, because at the back it says like email me or whatever. And people would email me and tell me like, I mean, I have so many stories, honestly, I can't think of one that's like super like, ah, you know, but but because there were so many like here and there, here and there, like a couple a month or something, you know, that kept me going. That's what I loved. I'm like, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to help people. Um, but I ran into a brick wall cause I wanted to help people, but I, I didn't know how to help myself or I didn't know how to love myself, to be honest with you. Right. So I understood God's love. I understood people's love, you know, and I understood I was helping people, but I literally could not pay my bills, which I'd never been in this position before. And so I had to come to a breaking point where I was like, I have to be able to make money or I'm not going to keep doing this, God, you know, like, and I think God wanted me to get to that point. He wanted me to get to a point where I was like, I can't do ministry for free. Nobody's supporting me. Like, I'm not like a missionary where people are supporting me. I'm not on staff at a church. No one's paying me. Like I'm doing this stuff because I love it. I love helping people, but I am flat freaking broke, you know? And so he had to kind of like shift it for me. So sorry, I didn't have an exact example for you, but, but, I, but that is the truth because I had all these little nugs, you know, along the way, it kept me going. But then finally I'm like, I got to, you know, I got to figure out how to make money. <laughs> so I'm still figuring it out, but it's good. Well, the best part about the whole story, Lindsay, is that God's been providing up until this point. I mean, you're, you're not broke. You have an apartment or a home and you're not on the street. You're still able to do what you're doing. I was literally, I was literally just reading the, we have this little kid's Bible that we read our kids every night. We call it the orange Bible because it used to have an orange cover. Then the kids ripped off the cover. So it's not really the orange Bible anymore. It's like the naked Bible. So we're reading the naked Bible and it's about Elijah being fed by the ravens yeah. and how God is, you know, Elijah's obeying God. He's he's following the voice of God. He's doing some pretty radical prophetic ministry, um, really speaking up against uh, truth to power, speaking against kings. 
and God's providing for him. Literally, he's living by a riverbed and these ravens are dropping food for him day by day. And it's his sustenance. And it's like God's the one who funds the ministry, I think, which is really important for people to recognize as well is like God can provide an amazing opportunity like he's. I really believe that he's going to do for you as well with your show. He can do like for me, he's created this business that's kind of funded this whole project that I'm doing. But he, I mean, before I had any of this, he was still the one who was sustaining everything. So that's really important to hold on to as well, because if you get too tied up to, well, here's the system to fund it. Then what happens if that system disappears? Yeah. Is God still, is God not the provider anymore? He's the one who provided the system. He's the one that provides the job. And he, uh, he's not going to set you up for failure. If he's given you a vision, he's going to give you provision as well for that vision. So um, I want to I chat a little bit about the inner critic again. Um, I want to go a little bit deeper if you can, because I know that one thing that we had talked about in our pre-show call was, and I love this, I love how w- with your podcast, you really are praying through what's going to be the theme for this season. And if I'm not mistaken, whether it was a season you just completed or it's the season that you're already doing for your podcast, the whole the, there's a whole theme about crushing the inner critic. And so I'd love for you to give us uh, any practical tips to the audience right now, how we can realize the inner critic, confront the inner critic and overcome the inner critic, if anything comes to mind for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, my last season was called God Said Do an Expose on the Inner Critic which I thought was cool. He's like, expose the inner critic, you know, expose it. And, you know, I was like, okay, because I'm thinking everyone knows about this God. He's like, no, no, (laughs) like they don't. And so it was really fun because I had on really, really interesting people that most of us might look at and be like, well, they don't have an inner critic. You know what I mean? Like people that have some level of fame or people that, you know, have some level of influence. Like those are the people I had on to talk about it, which was fun because like if they could be vulnerable and talk about it, it really helped other people be like, oh, like this, um, this affects them too, you know, because a lot of times as people, we can look at other people and be like, if I had that, if I looked like that, you know, then I wouldn't feel this way. But it's not true. Everybody has it, right? It just operates different in everyone's life. So I would say practical tips is think about what you're thinking about. Like get into a place of silence. And I know it's scary. I used to be very scared of silence. I'd had TVs on all the time because I didn't want to know it was in my head. But that was keeping me from being free of it, you know? So, like, if you can get into a silent place, lay on the floor, and, like, literally just allow your thoughts to, like, they're going to maybe go a little wild at first. But once you start paying attention to what's going on in your head, the thoughts that you're having you can start to discern which ones are from God, which ones are from the inner critic. And the way I define the inner critic is the inner critic is kind of the umbrella of the father of lies, which is the enemy who literally comes to kill, steal, and destroy us. He doesn't do that by causing us to get in a car accident. He does that by lying to you and causing you 
to sabotage your own life or destroy your own life or hold you back from doing that documentary or hold you back from writing that book or hold you back from XYZ, me making money, you know, whatever it is. So we've got the father of lies who is lying to us. He does not like us. He's very mean. Then we have what I call our own ouchies, okay? I call them ouchies to keep it light, you know? But it's like things that have happened in our life that hurt us. They hurt our souls. They left a mark in our soul. So these two things get together, and I call it the inner critic. And then there's love, God. God is love. There's the still small whisper of God. All of these things are operating in your head, which sounds a little crazy, but it's very true. And if you can lay down on the floor and close your eyes and allow them all to operate, you will start to learn which is which, and you'll be able to start putting them in a bucket. And like, mm. and these you can like cast away. These you can, you have to might deal with. These might, you might have to go to therapy for, you know what I mean? It's okay, I love therapy, it was just there yesterday. Um, you know, so like these you might need therapy for or some inner healing work or whatever. These are the enemy, you need to like, you know, and there might need to be some, you know, deliverance work here too, but you want to learn to tune into this voice. And as this voice starts to inform this voice, your soul, then that's how you crush the inner critic. <laughs> you know, and it's not for me, I call crushing it, the, crushing the inner critic, but it's because it's a crushing. It's not like a one and done, you know, it's a constant renewal of your mind. That's what the Bible says. Like, you know, we renew our mind to find the purpose of God. And that's the Lindsay version, but it's, it's, you know, the will of God, I think it says. So it's kind of learning to like find those three buckets and like put them in their proper place and then listen to the right one and let it inform these and push it out. Does that make sense? That's so good. Oh my goodness. You're preaching right now. <laughs> There's a, I think about in second Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about taking every thought captive and submitting it to the obedience of Christ. So like literally what you're talking about is taking every thought and putting it in the buckets, right? I, I was also thinking about this scripture too. It says in John 10, I'm going to read just a couple verses. Yeah. John, uh, John 10 verses one through about five. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. And then here's the final verse. They won't follow, follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And so Lindsay, I mean, this is so important for people to recognize is we're talking about living the directed life and your craft, your career and your calling. We want to leave people with the understanding of like, God has a plan for all three of those things for you. It's not like, he only wants to talk to you on Sunday when it's revolving around these religious activities. He wants to be saturated in every component of your life, especially the creative part, because he is the creator. And if we can learn to hear his voice and discern his voice over the voice of the world, the voice of the enemy, the voice of our, our soul or our flesh or our mind, then that's, that's the voice that leads us to green pastures and still waters. And so... Uh, Lindsay, I'm just so grateful that you talked about that. We're coming to the end of our time right now. One thing that we ask our guests when we 
invite them on as we ask them to pray for the audience when we close out. So could you please pray for our audience right now, particularly that creative entrepreneur that's that's quite possibly battling even beginning their journey because of the inner critic. Could you just cover them in prayer, please? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. So Papa God, I just thank you for being a good dad. I thank you that you love to see your kids prosper and that you have adventures and journeys for us, God. And I pray for those creative entrepreneurs that might be right in the middle of the fear that so wants to hold us back from all the good things you have for us, for walking in our gifts. I just speak to that fear and I say, you have to bow to the the name of love. You have to bow to the person of Mm. love who is God, who is Jesus. And I pray right now that they would hear your voice, God. They would start to hear that still small whisper and that they would recognize it because it's it's their dad, that they would recognize, Lord, that that is your voice and that they would follow that voice, Lord, and that they would also recognize when the lies are trying to come, when the mean voice is trying to come, whether it's their own soul or whether it is the father of lies, that they would recognize that's not God. That's not God. God is kind. God is kind. And the Bible says that your kindness leads us to repentance. And so your kindness, your kind voice will lead Mm. us to change our mind about things, God. So I pray for these people that they would hear your kind, still, small whisper, and they would follow that. And they would ignore the fear and the lies that the enemy tries to bring to stop us, God, to stop us from being creative with our Papa, who is the creator. And I thank you, God. God, that these people listening will start to hear your voice. They'll start to get downloads from you, blueprints from you on what to do next. Just the next right step. Sometimes we just need the next right step. So God, I pray that you would give every person listening to this the next right step in their journey. And I I love you, God. We love you. Thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you so much for Cap and his team, Lord. Um, I just bless them. And we thank you that you are the best director of 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 all of our lives, God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Lindsay, you're such a joy. I'm so thankful to have you on the show to talk about your story, to help us crush the inner critic uh, and to continue on that journey. As you mentioned, it's not a one uh, one and done event. While we're here on planet Earth, it's a journey that God's inviting us into. So thanks for the practical tools. We'll make sure to put some links for you, for your book, for your show and the show notes so people can follow you. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you.